0: And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
1: We sure are, and you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure.
0: We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope that our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters, and we all
1: deserve it. We sure do. So, do you ever think that you might be too old for sex? Well, you'd better think again. With the right attitude and perhaps a few adjustments, no one is ever too old for sex, no matter how long you or they live.
0: On today's show, we're gonna be talking to two amazing experts who know everything there is to know about sex and dating over 50. And they share their insight and their guidance into how to continue to enjoy and maintain a deeply satisfying sex life at any
1: age. Like we do. We're over 50 and we have a great sex life. We sure do. We'll get into that a little bit later. But first, like we do every show, we want to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. You know it's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets.
0: From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket, that's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, Great sex starts now. It
1: sure does, and so does today's show. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are so excited to welcome today's special guest.
0: And we have with us Dr. Lori Batito. Clinical psychologist and sex therapist. She also co-hosts the podcast Passion with Dr. Lori. Welcome to our show, ah, Dr. Lori. So happy to be back. Welcome back, yeah. yes. Welcome
2: back. I love talking to you guys. We have
0: seen you many, many times, but actually not in a while with COVID and everything. How are I you know. keeping up?
2: uh great. It's Good? great. Yeah, getting a new podcast up. It's a. It's an interesting. Um, transition from radio, mm-hmm. you know, local radio, mm-hmm. to doing uh, a, a podcast, but it's great fun. Great Isn't it
1: fun, not having that seven second delay and worrying about <laughs> saying the wrong thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I I notice you you can yeah you can say anything you want on a podcast, which right. is
1: really which great. Nobody
2: nobody's uh, yeah nobody's filtering you out here.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, no that's really get great. Yeah. So listen, more and more couples in their 50s and 60s are exploring their sexuality, whether it's kink or toys or swinging. And since you're the expert on sex over 50 (laughs) with your book, which you're going to tell us all about in a second too, let's get into why this is happening more and more.
2: So this is interesting, especially over the... Uh, last, uh, let's say, decade or so, and myself like turning 60 very soon and and being interested in sex and aging, and then having written a book, The Sex Bible for People Over 50, obviously looking into research and, and talking to people in surveys and recognizing that as people get older, they don't lose interest in sex. That's such a myth that we lose interest in sex. When you have a, a, a couple that is, has been together a long time Most of them want to continue having sex. The interest is there. Now, their get up and go may not be so there in in the same way. Sometimes people get a little bit bored and they want to spice things up a little bit. But what I do notice is that people are asking more questions, right? So if you look at the surveys about uh, kink or alternative lifestyles, you're seeing that more and more people show an interest or would be willing to explore that a little bit more. and You're talking about more than ever before. Like more than, than they would when they were younger, oh, for I example. Okay. So there's a lot of factors involved here. First, they've been together a long time. Okay, so they, they, they want to explore a little bit more. They're older, their kids are gone. More of a fuck it situation. Mm-hmm. I really don't mm-hmm. care what anybody yeah. thinks. Nobody's
0: listening, we can make whatever noise exactly. we want. Exactly, yeah. we
2: could do that. Uh, they have less things to worry about. Mm-hmm. And and so are, are far more... At least open to that. Now we live in a society where sexuality is out there more and more, so people are having more conversations. It's just it's with the times as well. So when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, for example, as bad as book as is, you know, (laughs) it wasn't the best read. But but what I noticed it did was that it ignited in in older people this interest desire to huh. I'm not dead after all. Right. Like let you know, let's start talking more about this and doing things. I had conversations with my parents' friends. They were in their seventies, you know, and they were all like, ah yeah, their husbands were like, Oh, I'm having great sex, uh-huh. and because they were reading these books, yeah. which was igniting something. Inspiring so it got people to them. think, inspiring yeah. them to think.
1: And then Grace and Frankie came out on Netflix. Yes. Which was, you know, the next even, generation. The next generation yeah. But it just showed the world that just because you're getting older you don't need to stop having sexual health or healthy sexual pleasure
2: Right, and and older people, the more I talk to older people, the more I realize they want to talk about sex. So I've been going, like, let's go really old, okay? So we're talking in their, in people in their 80s. I go into nursing homes, uh, like seniors, residences and stuff, and I go give them the safe sex talk. Why do I do that? They invite me there. Why? Because STDs are rampant in those homes. Why? Wow. Because people are having sex. So clearly there's an interest in sex. Yeah. I mean, I think the oldest person to have bought my book was 97 years wow. old. Wow active okay still active with lots of different women in the in that place the interesting thing is when you go into these nursing homes average age is like 82 83 i would get a full audience like full house and nobody fell asleep you know usually at that age (laughs) (laughs) you know people are falling asleep People are interested. They want to hear about it. They want to talk about it. So I noticed that the older you get, the less of a filter you have. That I've Mm -hmm. noticed. Mm -hmm. So when you don't have that filter, you want to talk about the things that you've been repressing for so many years, right? So yes, people are interested. So now we have to feed that interest a little bit with information because some of the older generations did not have access like we have access to all that information.
1: Plus they also have great lubes, There's great toys. There's different ways for them to have sexual pleasure, which isn't, which is much different than the same old, same old. They had it when they were with a partner.
2: Well, yes. So they can do a lot of solo stuff that they were not exposed to when, let's say, they were younger because what did we have? 40 years ago, one dildo? Yeah. Like, like what was there? Well, you, you know? started
1: with your face massager, right? Know,
2: right? <laughs> it, well, it, the back massagers, right? right? Exactly. You, you would just, you, they used to sell them at uh, these catalog, right. consumers right. Distributing, distributing catalogs right, right. or whatever. For $3. a personal but I massager, know <laughs> right? And it, what was that? Like, right? what's a personal massager? Exactly. Oh, yes, it hurt, you know, for my back. Yeah. So we have such an array now oh, of gosh. different things. Yes. And to facilitate... The health, so that we maintain healthy genitals, Mm -hmm. so that we can actually use them longer. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big advantage too. There's been a lot of information and research and uh, more sexuality research than ever before. So that especially
0: for women, and it's more women who are living longer because I think women still live longer than men, right?
2: Uh, Yes, we still we still have that, and women are still sexually active Active, men and women are sexually active sometimes as we get older we have to redefine the way we look at sexuality it's not just about intercourse it has to be far beyond that and so you can and for the guy it
0: might not be about ejaculation at all maybe he can only ejaculate twice a week who knows but he could play with his cock and have someone else play with his cock and it still feels
1: great and also as a society we're eating better we're exercising we're staying in better shape which is keeping our body more tuned to be able to have Great sexual encounters. Yeah.
2: exactly. And I think we are we are living in a time where we have access to a lot. There is this belief, not a belief, but this this drive to be healthier, to live longer. I mean, we will live longer if we are looking continue. after ourselves. Yes, yeah. we continue to yeah. look after ourselves, and we know the importance now mm-hmm. of all of the stuff. Like all that research is just out there now that we have much easier access mm-hmm. to. There's no reason. There's just no reason to give up pleasure as you get older. It's like even if you don't have the drive, even if you're not hungry for it, Mm -hmm. it's still something that's pleasurable. So why give it up? Mm -hmm. Absolutely,
0: yeah. And go ahead. I was gonna say, when you're at these uh, and giving these talks to these elder people and they're all listening, are they taking the precautions that you're suggesting and having safer sex?
2: Well, I always go there with a huge basket of condoms. I give them the, I tell them how to put it on, how to take it off, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the night, all my condoms are gone. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right. And and several books sold. So <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming, yes, they okay. the people are, some people are, have mobility issues, so it's much more Hard. difficult yeah. for them. But- it isn't because they're not interested, right? right. It's like I would, I could, uh, I would, I would if I could, mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. it's nice to know that even if the hunger's not there, I would like to be hungry, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. just wanting to want to. Yeah, we can work with that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And you know, with our partnership with Topless Travel, they do their sexy silver group two or three times a year, and these are trips that are made specifically for people over fifty. So they can socialize with people over 50 who like the same music, who like the same um, uh, generational things that we grew up with. And, um, and it, they're
0: open-minded as well.
1: Right. And, and they're, they're naked. Yes. They're naked. The best
2: thing. And Let's th- talk about that uh-huh. because that is probably the biggest factor stopping a lot of people is as you get older… Things aren't in the same place. Things aren't in the same place. Your nipples might be facing downwards. They're not up like perky like they were. And there's saggy whatever. Gravity takes its toll. Mm -hmm. Your balls are hanging lower. Like it's not as pretty as it was. However, people don't realize that it doesn't matter so much. It's the the sexiness comes from the attitude, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so as you get older, I do think you start caring less in, in a way. I think that if you are around like minded people, right. you start to feel like I'm 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 just a beautiful vessel and bit, I think period. it's more it's more about personality the shine. Yeah. No, and it's more about your health that you're
0: exercising and doing things. Right. Not necessarily you can't be lifting up your boobs after all those years Exactly. Without surgery, obviously. But right. if you're healthier and your heart is healthy, and your body is healthy and you're toned and you're able to actually move, that's also sexy. Of course, of
2: course. Like, obviously, if you're at one of these places and there's a 400-pound person in front of you, like, you're not, you're going to say, how am I going to have sex with this person, right? Right. Unless you, that's your fetish or unless that's something that you want, but you're thinking, you're you're thinking, right, you're thinking health, not necessarily just the looks because the person can be very nice and Mm -hmm. and have a nice face or or whatever, but um, it's, it's far more about keeping the healthy and the ability to do these sexual gymnastics. Sure, Like you want the ability to be able to spread your legs wide or lift them up or, yeah. or like or, practice that flexibility. Yeah. Like doing yoga as you get older is so important yeah. because you want to be able to bend in certain ways, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, without breaking,
2: without breaking <laughs> yeah. or without like, Oh my God, I can't move the next right. day. Like right. Carol
1: loves like sitting on my cock, but that, motion the squat and the knees and all that Oh, that yeah if yeah. we it's didn't a killer. work out on a regular yeah. basis she couldn't do that right and
0: not that you have to do that believe me it's nice to do it but it, it adds but some variety it adds variety so even if you can't do all of that any part of it you know as long as you can move your body a little bit and get that friction going or whether you're doing it with a hand job you want to be able to have that ability to move and pleasure somebody else it does take movement and on right. one of
1: our previous podcasts we had lee jagger who um teaches what is it, 50 different ways to stroke a cock. Right. Mm-hmm. Different ways with your Hand jobs, hands. Yeah. Different ways with your mouth. Different ways to do it. And it has nothing to do with intercourse. And it's just that um, worshipping a cock. And mm-hmm. she does the pussy as well. And, and it's not about fucking. It's just about lying there. And it's, it's like um, an erotic massage. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. And what yeah. I wanted to say earlier was at Hito with the sexy silver, we spent the whole winter there, there are more and more older couples coming. Mm -hmm. Just to be naked Not to play with anybody else To watch To learn To go to somebody educated And get turned on Just by the sexy atmosphere Having sex in public Having sex on the beach Our friends from Florida for the first time, they had sex on the catamaran on mm-hmm. the trampoline. Mm-hmm, right. Um, they watched um, uh, Mark and Chelsea with the drill, though. Yeah. Okay. She got involved too. <laughs> they weren't swinging. But
2: it's and it's they not so. It's not about having to attract others. So it right. doesn't matter what you look like. So whether you're in shape, not in shape, who cares? Right. If you're there with your partner right. who loves you right. and attracted to you, that's the most important thing. So in those situations, it's about the freedom to explore right. these things. Without like without that judgment right. and who cares if, you know, it's not about doing it with others. No, Again. it's not and, at all.
1: And they just kept adding more and more spice every day. And they said they had evenings where they didn't even go to sleep. They just talked about what they saw during the day and they went home and they said, this has been the best re- revitalization of our couple that we've ever had.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm hearing from couples who, I think there's more of an openness to go to these these resorts for couples who are not swingers, for couples who have never before contemplated some kind of alternative lifestyle because... You, like you said, David, it's tamer, like, right? It, it has it become in a- More a, curious than actu- it's actually It's curiosity. It. It's not like, oh my God, we're going there. We have to take part in an orgy. No, like you can ease into something, do it, not do it. Like you have that freedom. And as the message gets out and as people are talking about that and say, hey, we can go there and just enjoy a sexy mm-hmm. environment. Right right? And, and who, as we get older, we might struggle more with the feeling of being sexy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but sexy is not an age like i have a mother who's uh, 87 years old she's sexy as hell and mm-hmm. my father looks at her with lust mm-hmm. all the time yeah. and you know these are older people Rifts. and and it's there's wonderful no to day. see yes. there is no expiry date and that was my message there's yeah. no expiry date to pleasure and sexuality and attraction and passion and lust and all of that, like you're going to be attracted to each other when you're, you guys are 80. Like I you hope have so, you know. Well, why wouldn't you be <laughs> I right? Know, like right? you're, yeah. if you've been together this long and you love each other and you have that deep depth of connection, and even if pleasure involves simply stroking each other right. what in whatever way it's still sexual yeah. that's what people don't understand i think they equate sex with intercourse. with intercourse and my teachings have been about expanding what sex is and i always say whatever you're not going to whatever you would not do with your brother or sister right, is, right. is sex like yes. it's all part of sexuality yes. And, yes. and you know
1: we had dr justin Miller on our show oh from yes the, from the kinsey institute mm-hmm. who's a world now, researcher, researcher, big research, yeah. And he did this huge study on fantasies last year, yeah. And he researched or spoke to 4,000 people. And yes, the number one fantasy was threesomes and group sex, that's what people talk about. But what he found out is the amount of people that are more comfortable talking about fantasies, not necessarily doing, doing them, right. right? But talking about them is adding a much more healthy dialogue into relationships than having this fantasy in your head and yeah. wondering what if.
2: Exactly, and, and I think there's the openness, right? So now there is, and I think as we get older, like like I said, like we lose a little bit of that filter. We also feel more secure in our relationships mm-hmm. So you can talk about it. It doesn't mean you're going to do it. Let's just talk about it. And and you can just say, look, I don't want to necessarily do it, but hey, how about we have that discussion? So I'm hoping uh, that the more we talk about it, the more people are interested in listening. Clearly, you can see just by our numbers of people who download our episodes or what have you, Mm -hmm. of course they want to know about sex. Of course they want to hear. They may not have the facility to talk about it, but maybe we're helping them. Find the words, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think,
1: you know, authors like you who wrote the book, um, the writers of some of the great shows we're seeing on Netflix and Amazon um, about um, just sexuality in general um, are are helping people in their living room to see that there's a different world out there than what they grew up in, which was missionary position on the left <laughs> side of the bed for 25 years. <laughs> If they, for some
2: people, that works and yeah, that's okay, right? Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, once a month, right? <laughs> if that.
2: If it works for them, I'm not going going to diss that, right? Because no. for some people, boredom, it's not boredom for them. It, it's, it, they like it. they, but they don't like, know what they don't they know. They like predictability. Yeah. No, I, I get it. You don't know what you don't know or yeah. what you're missing yeah. right, unless right. you have it. But. Right. You know, unless somebody opens your eyes to say, hey, there might be another possibility here. Usually it's driven by one of the partners who says, Mm -hmm. I want to try something else or, hey, I'm a little bored. And you have to listen to your partner when when your partner says, I'm a little bored, even if you're not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And with like David
0: was saying, with more and more media out there that is giving you lots of new ideas, there are things to talk about.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So many things to talk about.
1: Now, we are in our second marriage. Um, our sex life since we turned 50 has been spectacular. Um, just recently, Carol's gone through menopause and her libido has gone down. How do, how do you deal with something like that? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, can, I feel you, yeah, Carol. No, I, I feel you. So part of that is, yes, her libido may have gone down, right? So your hunger... It's like you're not hungry anymore. That doesn't mean you're not going to eat. Right. So what generally happens if we take that analogy, let's say David gets still hungry. So he says, hey, I'm hungry. Carol, let's go to the restaurant. You're not going to suggest the restaurant because you're not hungry. You're not thinking about it. So your answer should be, yeah, I'll join you to to get a bite. And David goes to, you go to the restaurant together. He orders a, a nice steak or whatever. And you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. Let me have a bite. You take a bite of his steak and you're like, Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to order my own steak. Mm. And there you go. Mm -hmm. You've suddenly triggered your hunger and you're enjoying a meal together. So it's about understanding that you need to trigger it that you need to awaken it you're not dead your interest is there because you want to want to just because you're not hungry doesn't mean you're you're not going to eat right so i think people need to understand that 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 does change with age and sometimes with the age of the relationship not just the the menopause or the the age of the person but couples who have been together for a long time Generally in women I see this more than in men they when they lose that hunger for sex they they're not losing the interest they're just losing the hunger and if they understand that all they need to do is trigger the hunger create the conditions that work for you yeah. and then let like get a taste so let the stimulation start, happen yeah. start the chances are you're going to um, that, that appetite is, going, is yeah. going to grow and you're going to want to continue. Yeah. And that's th- that's the the new knowledge we have when it comes to sexual desire. If people understand that, then they're not just going to say, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. So I'm just going to wait till I feel like it. Well, that, that might be a, a, a couple time. of months, a years mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So you can't let that happen because we know sexuality is good for you. We know it's good for your health. We know it's good for your genital health. We know it's good for your relationship health. There aren't any negatives to having a regular sex life. Right. It, it's very important. So being, a, and, and especially to maintain the connection with the partner. Because- and also
0: just, I want to make a point that the husband or the man in who's, who's still hungry, he shouldn't feel bad. He shouldn't feel bad or it's something against him that she's not feeling hungry until we with get him. Exactly. has
2: nothing That's to do with him. That's what needs to understand. <laughs> yes, please understand. She's still attracted to you, still loves you. Mm-hmm. All of that is there. It has zero to do with you and everything to do with I'm just not hungry. Like if I was hungry, you'd be the guy, you know, (laughs) you'd want, you'd be what I'd eat, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I think that's because there's a lot of misunderstandings Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes it's the guy who needs a little, you know, it's, it's on the guy's side and the, the response on the other side is often what you're not, you're not attracted to me Mm -hmm. anymore or you must be getting it somewhere else, Yeah, which is so unfair because that isn't at all the truth. Because people who make that comment are assuming that their partner reacts the same way they do. If I'm hungry, you must be hungry. And if you're not hungry, you must be getting it somewhere else. Because Mm. your hunger must be getting satisfied elsewhere. They don't understand that it doesn't always feel like hunger for some people. Mm.
1: And, you know, um, us playing in the lifestyle, being swingers, um, sometimes, you know, that erection, it doesn't come when it's supposed to come. And, yeah. I, and I found and talking to some of the guys a couple of years ago that alcohol definitely affects as I age oh, yeah. the, the, the the length, not the length, but the longevity of my erection, how long I can keep it up for, how long I can go for. And I've really cut back, almost not drinking anymore, and I've had really good erections lately.
2: Yeah,
0: much much better.
2: So you you have to know your body, right? right. So you know that as you get older, it will be a, might be a little more difficult to get the erection. Like before, you might have had spontaneous erect, like you know, just like that, just thinking about something. And then you'll notice as you get older, it needs to be touched mm-hmm. to get there. Uh, you need to maintain it, so you need to maintain contact with the penis in order for for you to uh, maintain ar- the blood yeah. flow and stay. Ar- So yes, changes happen. The reason why it's so important to talk about sex and aging is because people freak out over these changes and they panic, right? It's like, oh my God, it's not as hard. Oh my God, it looks smaller than it was before. Oh my God, you know, and, and... it just throws people into like depression and anxiety for no good reason. Right. When if you just understood what was going on, that is perfectly normal and that there are solutions to all of this yeah. using cock rings and, yeah. and using all kinds of other uh, things that are available to you. Or just then, having you know, a partner who's attentive and understands that it's nothing to do with how she's oh, sucking the there comp. you go. It's, exactly. You and know, there, that's where people start to take it right, personally again. Right. So what do you mean you're not getting an erection? Yeah. Am I not been, turning you on yeah, anymore?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or I've been sucking you for 20 minutes and you're still sucking soft but he says but it still feels good and that's fine too you know just exactly not, and understanding just, yeah. that you
2: can actually ejaculate with a soft yeah. uh, penis yeah. and you can still feel it, pleasure it and, happens, and yeah. it's all about feeling good it's mm-hmm. not about getting to the orgasm that's I think another uh, misperception is that sex ends in an orgasm how about the journey like I think as you get older you start to enjoy the journey maybe a bit more without like I don't have to come like it's okay we don't have to keep going like I don't have to come it doesn't feel like a necessity yeah
1: and we and we use lots of lube because you um,
2: have to with Carol's vagina you better mm -hmm, yeah yeah. Mm no and
1: she uses lots of my cock as well it just makes everything go better And, you know, we've had a lot of sex lately, and I love eating pussy, and I went down on her, and she just, for certain times of the month, of the week, she just can't get there when I'm doing it, and we just take out a sex toy, and it makes her finish, and if she doesn't want to finish... It's okay. I I don't take it personally. It's
2: good.
0: Yeah. Sometimes the motion is just not right and I've kind of gone over the top and it hasn't happened. So I said, you know, sometimes
2: other things are going on. Like you might be stressed or you didn't have a good night's sleep or your meal was too big. There's so many factors that affect Mm -hmm. how our bodies respond that it's not a, a, it's not a given every single time.
1: And sometimes you say, you know, I just had an amazing squirt and And I'm good. I feel good. I had my release.
2: Yeah, how much more do you want to give her? Really, David?
1: (laughs) No, but but we talk about it. As uh, our our sex life has changed since we've been together. And we that's talk- normal, isn't it? It is not yeah, it 15
2: years, of course is. it's going to change. Yeah. And it's going to be like that for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and either one of us, we don't take it personally because our bodies have changed and we're not getting what we used to get or how we used to get it.
0: Well, fortunately, we have lots of experts like yourself yeah. explaining why <laughs> these are going on. And that's why we like to talk about them and bring it up Absolutely. with you guys Absolutely. And, and if
2: people can understand that this journey changes directions a, a, lot, a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like as you get older, what once worked may not work for you. So mm-hmm. maybe you liked, uh, getting fingered before now, suddenly that doesn't feel so good. And you like something else yeah. like that, that might be it. Or a certain, a kind of clitoral stimulation doesn't work anymore or whatever it is. Like you have to know that it's not always the same formula, yeah. but sometimes you have to change a couple of the ingredients mm-hmm uh to spice it up and last
1: year uh, carol had foot surgery and she wasn't able to move for how five weeks yeah six weeks <laughs> wow. yeah. but it didn't stop us from having sex we did uh, mutual masturbation she watched me stroke my cock she took a, a toy and played with herself You don't have to stop just because you have an ailment or something's not going right. You just have to find a different way. And and that's
2: what's in my book too. I have chapters on how to adapt when you have back issues, knee issues, whatever. Like there's all kinds of things you can get and props and lift up the hips this way and how to relieve the, the pain on the back this way and what positions work for what. So... Of course, we get older, our bodies get older, things are going to hurt more. Like you said earlier, you may not be able to be on your knees for a long time because you won't get up and or it'll hurt a lot. Yeah. So you find other right. ways, you, pr- you find other props that work for you. Mm-hmm. Guy, All right, it was Dr. Lori
1: Batito. <laughs> it's always a pleasure having you on our show. Uh, we reserve the right to invite you back. Why don't you of tell course. everyone where they can find your book and your podcast?
2: So uh, you can find me at DrLaurie.com, drlauri com, And we're on all plot- podcast platforms. So if you just Google or search uh, Passion with Dr. Laurie, you'll find uh, find our podcast there. And then the information for my book is on the website and everything else. Yay. Fantastic, Thank Laurie. Thank you so much.
1: always a pleasure having you here. Wonderful. And um, we'll speak to you in the future.
0: All right. Will do. This is A Sexy Lifestyle and we are Carol and David and up next we're going to learn more about sex and dating for people over 50.
1: Absolutely, but before we introduce our next guest, let's talk about topless travel. If you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with topless travel. From Hedo 2 in Jamaica and Desire in Cancun to all the Bliss Cruise experiences, topless travel needs to be your number one choice.
0: Yeah, their trips and events are all about the people and their sexy fun experiences. So let's just shout out to all the sexy host couples, including Chelsea and Mark, who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation.
1: Absolutely, and you'll know you find us on lots of topless travel trips, but listen up. The one we're really looking forward to is their sexy silver full takeover at Desire Pearl from October 16th to 23rd, 2022. We're gonna be there broadcasting live. Rooms are selling out quickly, so book now. And come and join us for a week. We'd love to meet you. And for more
0: information about this trip or any of their other events, go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events links to book your sexiest and most erotic vacation
1: ever, 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 ever. Alrighty. You know um, that this is a sexy lifestyle. We're Carol and David, and it's time to get back to our show. And we are so excited to introduce our next
0: guest sex-positive feminist, social science researcher, Carolyn Lee Arnold, is the author of the book 50 First Dates After 50. She's joining us today to share some of her tips and tricks about staying sexy and sex-positive as we
1: age. All right, Carolyn, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. I know you're a busy lady, but um, we definitely had a chance to nail you down, and uh, you're going to tell us a lot about um, everything about sex and dating over 50.
3: I talk- will and thank you oh and I just want to say thank you for having me i I so appreciate that a show like yours exists where we can talk about sex and sex over 50 or whenever yeah having
1: yeah we love doing our show we're into our almost the end of our fourth year and we have over a million listeners and our show is only as great as um guests like you so um hopefully everybody listens to the end and learns a little bit like we do every show
3: so why don't you start by telling okay. us a little
0: bit about how you got into the world of sex and sexuality?
3: Well, um I'm a child of the 70s. My high school class was 1969, prophetically enough. And um, and and I hit college in the early '70s, and I went to a women's college. It was still pretty protected then, but they didn't have any sex education. So the women in my dorm started a, an ad hoc sex education course for the women at the college. Very cool. And and we, my roommate and I, inherited that. So that was my first. We were just teaching each other about it. Then I moved back to Berkeley. I'm I'm really a West Coast person. I moved back to Berkeley. I was East Coast. I went back to the West Coast. I landed in Berkeley. And I landed in the Free Clinic and the Women's Health Collective at the height of the feminist and lesbian um, beginning movement, healthcare movement, and, and politics. And what were we doing in the Health Collective? We were doing self-help classes. Now, in those days, self-help meant exa- examining each other's vaginas no. and do it using a speculum and making sure we were healthy and so we were learning all about vaginal infections and how to look out for them and our cervixes and whether we could tell they were and a little bit we were young then it was were, were we menstruating were we um ovulating things like that so we were examining each other um and then it was the 70s it was pre-aids and post-pill most of us were on the pill it, and so we were i was living in a communal house as many of us were in, in our low-income days and we we had a lot of sex with each other the women and the men i was dating men then when i hit berkeley but then i started being attracted to the women i was very happy that i was attracted to the women because they were so handsome and they were a lot more interesting than the men because we were at the cutting edge of feminism the lesbians were and so i was um i even though i could could see that my body was bisexual i was attracted to both i'd always been attracted to men but this was an opening up and it was so exciting so i made the choice to become a lesbian, to declare myself a lesbian, to choose the, just the women, because the men frankly were a little boring at that moment and, not, and a little sexist too. They weren't with what we were doing, which was pushing feminism forward. And, and so, but although the last men I w- were with were trying to help me have an orgasm, I hadn't had an orgasm yet in my early, whatever would that age, 18, 19. And because of feminist writings about orgasms, I knew I should be having one, you know, <laughs> and I knew it should be great. And they helped and helped and tried to do it. And finally, Amanda man did um, um, initiate an orgasm for me, which was a, quite a gift. And now I knew what it felt like. And then I could do it. Wow. It took a while. It was a project. I and that love was my that
1: first story. Yeah. You, you know what's very cool about the story and the beginnings that Carolyn's talking about? If And correct me if I'm wrong. But wasn't that even before that study came out about the size of the clitoris and what it does and all the pleasure that it brings? We didn't even know about the clit um, well, back then when you were the, starting. Except that it was a little was button. A button, a little button, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: There was one article. It was called "The Myth of the Vaginal Orgasm," and feminists were writing about the clitoris. They were. So we had those writings, but they were maybe they weren't. They were deep inside the feminist tracts right. which mm. you had to want to read. Right, mm. right. So. Yeah, no, we were felt very cutting edge on all that. And so I was with men and then I drifted over to not drifted, I made a decision to just be with women. Um and and that decision lasted for eighteen years because the women were that was the most interesting part of my life. I did actually what I consider fall off the wagon several times and sleep with men because I'm still attracted to men. Yeah. But I was trying to live a lesbian life because the lifestyle was so interesting. There's a lot to say about that. The music, the politics, the cutting, the, the pushing forward in the social mores and, and having a gender free um, relationships. It, it led to equal relationships because you didn't have the gender power thing. To go. No. So it was quite absorbing.
0: So at that time, were female-lesbians uh, relationships as ostracized as uh, the men-men homosexual relationships were?
3: Well, women were a lot more under the cover. Men, gay, gay men, and we lived in San Francisco, um, were a lot more obvious, especially in San Francisco. And they were harassed and beaten, and it was actually very scary. And women were, there was a lot more acceptance of women being affectionate with each other. But not as, you know, but if people knew we were lesbians, they probably would have been very upset. I remember walking down Telegraph Avenue with my, one of my first women lovers holding hands. And remember, and just, we had a discussion that we should be cautious because yeah. if, if some light-wing person drove by, we would get something. So it was, it was a scary time, but we were creating a bubble yeah. of protection and, and, and joyousness. And and the the gay rights parades were just starting. It probably had already started by then. And they were they 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 were this um protective celebration and mm-hmm. to become brave and bigger. And um so we were all going along at the same time.
1: Cool, very cool. Uh,
0: and earlier you were telling us that the um in your 40s you kind of went decided to go. To back and making relationships with men and and then you yeah. then you actually engineered a dating project which helped you find Mr. Wright. Right. Tell us a little bit about yes. that.
3: Okay well the reason I needed it is I, I did have a lot of relationships with women. My relationships I met I was sleeping with them and they were but they were short like one or two years or less and then I started went back to men because I just felt more comfortable with men. I never found the right woman and I felt, realized I didn't and the men grew up. My, when I was in my 40s. The men were very interesting. And even them were, some of them were feminists. So it was good to be back with them. Um, but I still couldn't deal. I wasn't good at relationships. I was great at sex. I knew a lot about sex and was having sex with women and then men. But I um, was not good at intimacy and love. And I could see it because I, none of my relationships were lasting. So I chose to go to a personal growth workshop organization, which taught how to have good relationships. They taught about love, intimacy, and sexuality. I needed the love and intimacy part. I didn't need the sexuality part as much. And so I took those workshops, and I took them for 10 years, and I started volunteering with them. I really got immersed in that community, which is a very loving community. Mainly the workshops were teaching about love, and appreciating each other, and being kind, and things, and as as a basis for being any type of relationship, sexual or otherwise. and I, I did have a longer relationship. I had a relationship with a seven-year relationship with someone I met there. So I was doing better. But now he, we were breaking up. And I, need, and I was now finally I was ready to find a partner because I felt like I had the skills now, the relationship skills um, that could be used as dating skills to find somebody. So I'm a researcher. Um, I... I like goals. I thought, how can I needed to get over the person I was breaking up with? We, we still loved each other. We were just separated by continents and life goals. I needed to get over him, and I needed to move on and find other types of men. So I thought, how can I break open this this focus on him or the him his type? He was a Buddhist beach boy. I thought maybe I'd want the same type. So I broke it open by saying, I'm going to date 50 men. I gave myself a goal. I'm going to get, date 50 men and go on first date, 50 first dates. I can do a second or third if I want. And um, and, and I'm going to not just date individuals, but types. I'm gonna just cast the net white and try out different types of men. And so that was the essence of the project, that it had a goal of 50, and that it was a kind of a research. I was researching what I was like with different types of men to see if I could expand what my type was. And what kind of
0: types did you um, divide men into? How many categories of types?
3: I'm not sure if I did the widest variety of types, but um, I, I was thinking that a lot of them were occupational. Like, like okay. um, since he had been a a, a Buddhist meditator, I went I for business, spiritual businessmen, yeah. artists, musicians. Um, I did want men who had a serious, some sort of serious work, some sort, any sort, so professional men, but non-professional men who were doing something creative. And mm-hmm.
1: um, and was, uh, and was your of- was your goal here to find a partner, or was it just to have sex with all these people? And when you dated them, did you have sex on the first date?
3: Okay, good question. Um, my goal was to find a partner. I was ready. I was in my, my, my late 50s now, and I hadn't found a permanent partner. And I wanted a long-term, committed partner. That was my goal. Um, but but I, the way I was going about it was to not... the, the danger When you're older and dating, it's easier to um, kind of... Um, it's it, there's a lot of weight on each date and you think this is this the one is this the one and i was trying to open that up and say have it be a lighter project and have go, go have fun and, and to your question because i was but used to being sexual and i had so many relationships that were sec- all sexual um i thought how can i build in sex into this project and not put a, again not put too much weight on on these new people not like because that's you know sometimes you sleep with them and you want to suddenly move in with them not well not me but some people do right so um I, I i decided early on that i would um first of all some of my early dates and because i was dating types that the men that i dated did not have to be partner materials they could be not quite right for me like too young or they could be already in primary relationships but open to being with me i didn't have to see them as partners so some of those early men one was too young one was in a relationship um, one was married, actually, but in an open relationship. They became my lovers. Mm-hmm. They were perfect as lovers. I wanted lover, I wanted someone to hold, not every night, but I wanted enough touch and sex along the way, so I wouldn't depend on my dates. Now, as it happened, so I, there, there were three men who went through with me through the whole project as my lovers, and it was very helpful. Um, actually, they didn't make it all the way because they walked with other people, but, <laughs> but um, I also had sex with a lot of the men that I dated because... Because of these workshops, the, um, I wanted to say a bit about these workshops. They, the workshops were, uh, as I said, about love, intimacy, and sexuality, which it fostered a lot of very sex-positive people there, both loving and sex-positive, and a, and a community of people who were good at communication about sex, and about everything, and about heart-centered things.
0: Did you have sex with them on your first date?
3: Okay, right, not all, the ones. oh, the ones I knew from the workshops? Um, who, because, oh, I know what happened, because the workshops led to people having part socializing together. And so when we had parties, some with sex, some without, and we were used to, you know, we, we were comfortable, if we were single or open, in open relationships, being sexual with each other. So the ones that I knew that I was having a date with and I was attracted to, yes, I had sex with them. And I did count it up, and I had sex with about half of my dates, oh. my uh, first, on first the first date. date. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> well, that's half, right. And just, just half my dates were people from the workshops. And just remind us so what age
0: you were when you started this project.
3: 58.
0: Wow, there you go. That's 58. the same age we are today. Um, and so uh-huh. did, did people find that it was great that you were still very sexual at your age? Or did they say, wow, you're rare that you're so sexual at this age?
3: I didn't feel unusual because so many of us were the same age. We okay. were all kind of aging together. There were a lot of people in their 40s and 50s in that group and 60s. and we talked a lot about menopause i i actually had a big drop in my libido when menopause hit Mm -hmm. it just was so sad to me because i I didn't didn't make sense because i had been so sexual i had no issues about sex my body just went blah around lust and i just continued to be sexual anyway Mm -hmm. i acted as if and it i continued to be sexual that's part of one of my strategies for older people i think yeah just to keep being sexual um and not lose it so so um I think people, um, I don't. I don't remember anyone saying, "Oh, wow, you're so great for your age," because everyone was similar age. Right. Okay, that's <laughs> so. cool.
0: I mean, it's, it's <laughs> great to have sex at any age. Obviously, anybody who's sexual yeah. at any age is all wonderful. And so, when you were dating these guys, did they know you were doing uh, an experiment, or uh...
3: so, some of the, the ones that some of the um, the people in that I knew already. I have certain friendship groups. Um, some of the I have a group that I meet with once a month, a co-ed group, just for support. And we, we hang out and have dinner together. They knew... Um, in the workshops, I was telling people my dating stories as I went along, sometimes, yeah. if they could be told, if they were private. And so people knew I was doing this project. So some of them... So a lot of the men who dated me, who was already in my circle, knew that I, they were part of a project. If I just... Um, if I just met them one time like on an app or somewhere in the world and I just saw them once, I didn't feel like I needed to tell them. Okay, it was just right. like the one day update. Yeah, yeah. But if I saw them more than once or twice, I needed to tell them that I had other lovers. Mm-hmm. And I was that I was dating and that I had this project, I had this goal, and that I had other lovers. And some people some of the men had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. They were they expected what I call monogamous dating. Right,
0: right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I mean, so, mega dating is one of the
0: things that um, is current now, yeah. yeah, current today, but not everybody accepts that mega dating where you have multiple guys on the on the go at the same time or girls. Oh yeah, or girls. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
1: So
3: oh, i never heard that term, but sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
1: So, Carolyn, um, what's the main difference uh, about dating when you're young compared to over fifty?
3: there's a few in terms of the dating perspective when you're young you feel like you have your whole life ahead of you you have time to kind of linger with whoever and you can you also i also had this very lazy fair view of whoever comes along i'm meant to be with if i'm attracted to them i should be with them at least for a while try them out and i just felt like i had all this time when you're when i'm older now if i started this project i realized i don't want to be 80 and not have a partner and i don't actually want to be 70 and not have a partner i want partner now which meant and and so the difference is what i was talking about about each date having so much weight um i know what i don't know what men do really but i know that women can get very um discouraged if and and actually i did this put all my eggs in this one guy that i really liked and then he says no this isn't gonna work and i'm devastated and i'm i'm a mess and i can't go on and i have a lot of recovery time and things like that um, the other, the other option is kind of what I was probably doing most of my life, which is if someone is okay, settling for them because you're afraid no one else will come along. You right. have this thing of scarcity when you're older and you don't have it when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then the other thing is sometimes when we're older, we have all these lists, what we want. And sometimes people can't make it through the list, even for the first date. Right. So, so that's, that's the difference. That's, I think those are the dangers of dating when you're older. And so that's what i was trying to counteract by having this goal and a research project that kind of overcame those things so that i could um keep going because dating is a numbers game and you need to keep going if you're looking yeah. for. Something.
0: yeah
1: so now now we, we know you
3: need to not get to we know we yeah.
1: know from um the start of this experiment and the research you ended up writing a book and we're going to do a show with you in a couple of weeks all about the book But what we'd like to know now is, you know, without giving away the book and the ending, like I said, we're going to talk about it later. Tell us a little bit how you discovered Mr. Wright from this dating experiment, because he is your partner now.
3: Yeah, he is. He's been my partner for 10 years. It's a very successful dating project. Um, Well, first I want to say, I want to say he's perfect for me, but I would not have noticed that if I'd met him early on in the project. I really needed to go through all 50 dates to really experience i guess i needed a lot of running you know trying out different people to see what i really needed and in the end i came down to someone who was who one could have predicted that i would want someone who was in my community who was spiritual who was sexual who was sensual who was smart who was had a, a career i could have predicted all that but to really focus it to find to really recognize who that would be um i needed to go through all all of the states and um um here's what's here's what happens when when you date and it's a little bit of the illustration of what I was saying before which is I there were three men along my project that I thought were actually pretty good for me they, they each um, responded to something I wanted one was fair was spiritual and um, and a businessman and he was really good at emotional and sexual connections so I felt connected with him unfortunately he didn't really want to be in a relationship oh. but I ignored that okay. and I I a while. Another guy was really good at emotional connection. We had most of our, fo- our relationship on the phone. He gave me so much support, for my job, my life, everything. He was a coach, and but he didn't want to touch. He didn't want to touch, but I loved our emotional connection and I was really developing intimacy with him. The third guy, he was not that sexual. He was not that good about talking about emotional stuff, but he was such a good companion. And so he, I lingered with him for a while because he would come to my house for the weekend and he would go to parties with me. I just felt so comforted by him in the end, the person, the partner that I found, those were all, you can't tell at the time that they were partial partners. Mm -hmm. They felt right at the time. because They were, they were something, but um, my partner now has all of those things, all of those things that they had. And that's, and, and and it's so hard to see from behind when you can't see it yet. Right. And so all I can see is needing to persist. So how long did it and take
0: you to go through fifty dates?
3: Two and a half years.
0: Oh my goodness! Wow, a very thorough. And did you write notes after each date? Like you kept track no, and you did your you, research stuff.
3: I wanted to say something about. Is, this fits under the category of self-care. Yeah. I was taking care. Of, so I knew it was a long-term project. Part of the. The, the method for me was to take good care of myself. One of them was journaling. Mm-hmm. I journaled every, about after every date and I told all, you know, what had happened and all my feelings. And I did a lot of, I, and just separate from the journaling, I was already doing affirmations and, and kind of meditation to give, give myself some pep talks and loving notes to myself. I did a lot of love for myself. Having the lovers was part of the self care. So I was getting enough touch and, and sex. Um, just being with friends doing things i like to do anyway you know whether or not i had a partner i was doing a lot of self-care so that was um all that helped yeah
1: yeah. so 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 i think
3: it's
0: amazing that you did all of that that's awesome so
1: here's the big question um while you were going through this two and a half years of dating men did you ever like go back to dating women and and have that um girl girl bisexual experience
3: um that's a good question the, the, my body was kind of funny about that. It kind of switched to just be with women for 18 years, except for those lapses with men. And then it switched back. When I when I just got discouraged and couldn't find a woman, I just suddenly just became attracted to men. So I mostly am now attracted to men. I did have a discussion with one of my women friends. We were affectionate with each other. And she said, do you think it should be one of your dates? <laughs> and we, we discussed it. Love. We had a pretty hot time. But um, I said, you know, that wouldn't be quite in keeping with my project. My project is to find a male partner. So it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be part of, it wouldn't be a legitimate part. And so we decided not to do it. We're only going to do it for the project.
0: Right, <laughs> never right. Did it.
3: it didn't make sense. So I'm,
0: therefore, yeah.
3: I'm, I'm very bi-central. Um One of the okay. things that I appreciate about having been a lesbian was I feel a, a lot of safe, not safety, uh, comfort in touching women and being affectionate with women, kissing women, stroking women. If I'm in a sexual situation with women, I'm very affectionate. Um, Stuff so I don't feel a, a drive to be sexual with them specifically.
0: Now, do you do any um, threesomes or multiple sex play at all with your current partner?
3: Yes, yes, we do. Um, just trying to think. Um Most of it is male female though. I mean, there's the women the women who are there I'm good friends with, right and we mainly we only kiss and yeah, okay, okay. gotcha.
0: I love watching women yeah. kiss. <laughs> well, originally <laughs> back then, when you were telling us about your eighteen uh, years as a lesbian I'm thinking, well, you kissed a girl and you liked it. yeah, <laughs> you stuck oh, with I it for a that.
1: while. <laughs> and then Katie Perry wrote yeah, a song I know.
3: <laughs> I feel very sexual then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have to follow your body. You know, part of my my, my lesson for myself is follow your body. Your body yeah. knows what, what you need.
0: Um, absolutely, absolutely. So now today, what do you do to keep your sex life spicy and sexy these days?
1: Between you and your partner. Yeah.
3: Well, yes. Well one of the things we do is we maintain and this is this might sound non sexual, we to maintain clear communication and appreciations for each other, we, we stay with each other if we have a problem with each other if an issue we talk about it immediately or soon or make a date to talk about it we stay clear we do a ton of appreciations as i said those workshops taught us to see the goodness in everybody and appreciate everybody because while you're appreciating them they're appreciating you and you get all this love and that's what we do in our relationship constantly every, most of the minutes like i really want to appreciate you for you know picking the garbage out or, or for getting us to that hike in, on time or something it's just of that so that sets the tone for us and then the other thing i want to say was that um well we make time for sex Mm -hmm. we we actually had a commitment to make love we don't we we don't live together we only are are together on the weekends when we are together um we have a commitment to make love in the morning and the night before we go to bed which we don't always keep but just having that there keeps us close and 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 a lot of it is for the connection it's because we want to and by making love in that case, I mean intercourse because I I take a longer time to have an orgasm. We usually more make some time for that when I need to yeah, do that. Yeah, for But sure.
1: absolutely, and absolutely. And and as we age, and Carol and I are aging as well, we find mm-hmm. that we need to put more time aside to have better sex because that quick sex. We've done it before, and now we want that slower sex where we get to be intimate and sensual and romantic with each other because it does create that connection because life is busy, and when you have that moment to connect with your partner, um, you have to... um, use it and take the time and we love doing the afterglow where after i've come and carol's had a great orgasm and our bodies are still you know tingling oh all God. over and mm. the endorphins are, are swimming through our, our <laughs> bodies we just lie there and we hold each other i mean carol sometimes takes out her womanizer and pops off three or four more orgasms Ooh, but oh, you know i'm sucking good. on her nipples and and it's just staying connected after that moment where you've both exploded
0: but I also find that we actually do have more time on our hands now than ever before because we are empty nesters now. We're not, we don't have kids running mm-hmm. around that we have to worry about. Are they busy? Are they here? Are they there? So we take that yeah. time because we have it. Yeah, we do have busy lives, but not anywhere near as busy as they were when we had six kids living here. You know what I mean? So definitely we wow. spend more time together.
3: Wow. Great. Well, that that's good that you take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're a little busier than that. I don't, I never had kids. Um, he had kids that are all grown now, but, but I'm just so busy with writing and books and, and things like that. And he has some projects. So we're actually hard to cut it in hard to, um, um, sometimes we're so tired at night. We just, we don't do anything. But. Yeah. Which is
0: fine too. <laughs> but, you know, you have to listen to your body. Like you said,
3: the other thing that we do to keep things spicy and good is we, we do allow each other to be with uh, lovers, other people. Um, uh, you know, and most of that is former lovers who were lovers before, like mm-hmm. my lovers that my project. Sometimes I'm lovers with them. They're, they're he actually knew them already. Um he has some people people that we feel are are um not threatening to our relationship. Right. People who have support not just threatening, but they support our relationship. Yeah. They celebrate our relationship they, um, and that they're more enhancing it. Yeah. So we have that freedom. Um that freedom helps, um, because we both needed that freedom. And also um uh, well, we go to we go to um, we have little subsets of our friends who we feel comfortable being sexual with and have little mini sex parties. Mm-hmm. Those are the people we and that's exciting. and That's it is. makes it fun to go there and share.
0: Wow. All great information. Thank you so much for all your great stories. We, we usually like to end our show with some final advice. So what would you say would be the top two things that couples over 50 could do to maintain their spicy sex life?
3: Well, um, besides, I'm going to do three. Sure. (laughs) One is, I I just feel like it has to be said to keep clear communication and loving between you because you have to. The other one is make time for sex, like you do. Like, just make time. And and even as someone past menopause who doesn't always feel like sex, I need, you know, the horse needs to be drawn to water. I need, once I'm there, I get very enthusiastic once I start feeling the feelings in my body. So make time and make time, especially for the women and then i a little caution and i didn't get, uh, talk about it too much but if you're going to open it up to other people make sure that you both feel safe emotionally mm-hmm. don't don't just like jump into the deep end on that do it in baby, there's lots of baby step ways to do it and 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 do it as a way to be more connected not to, as a way to be more part.
0: yeah absolutely Love all it. Great, great advice, advice. well
1: wow. all right Carolyn Arnold, thanks so much for sharing all that great information. You know, in a couple of weeks, like I mentioned it earlier, we're going to be talking to you all about your book and the world of dating uh, for people over 50. But for right now, just tell everyone how they can find your website and purchase that book.
3: Yes, uh, my website is very simple. It's my name, carolynleearnold.com. It's carolyn with a Y-N-L-E-E, arnold.com. And everything's on my website, how to order the book, um, my Instagram and my Facebook connections. Um, my, I, If you want to keep up with my book events, go on my Facebook author page. My Instagram is very fun. I have lots of fun pictures on that, including my partner talking about why men should read the book. Um, and, um, and lots about the book. And. and News about my book. My book is doing great out in the world, and so I celebrate that. Well, we just received the book
0: today, so thank you for sending us a copy. We will be reading it, and hopefully, before we have your interview next week
1: with uh, all about your book, we will have a chance
0: to read it. So that's awesome.
1: And just just remind us once again what the name of the book is, the title.
3: Fifty First Dates After Fifty: A Memoir. Excellent. If you're looking for it in Amazon, be sure to put a memoir after it. You'll find Beautiful. it. And it's in, in a lavender. You can't see it's a
0: lavender, yeah. Lavender
3: right. cover, exactly. I got it right here right. in front
0: of me. It's beautiful. So, and of course, if you missed any of that information, you can just go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information. and You can even contact them there if you have any questions about the work they do.
1: Absolutely, and you know, every week we're learning more and more from all our expert guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com All righty, the end of another great show um carolyn arnold thank you so much for being here today
3: thank you for having me it was great to talk to you
1: absolutely and as we do each week we want to thank our listeners for tuning in week in and week out
0: and reminding you to join us again next time for another hour of the sexy lifestyle talking about sex sexuality sexual health and pleasure and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny.
1: Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time.